And now, our feature presentation. The best in the world is right here, right now. Whether you like it or don't like it, pal, learn to love it. Ladies and gentlemen. Alright, listen up. Now it's our time to step forward. It's time to bring the NWE back into the spotlight. I was thinking that it might be a good idea if you and I formed an alliance. Let's get ready to rumble! the greatest wrestling program in the world ladies and gentlemen can i please have your attention stop what you're doing and listen it's the alliance guys podcast with your hosts kevin frazier dkm and jcap hey guys this is jcap welcome to the alliance guys podcast a presentation of alliance-wrestling.com your number one source for news and information for the national wrestling alliance I'm J. Cal, and that's Big Kevin, and that's DKM, and we had a lot of tech issues while recording this episode, so if the voiceover sounds a little bit different to start the show, I do apologize, but uh, here is our recap from Empower. Let's start with Empower, right? This was uh, the first time that uh, a non-WWE promotion had present. well, is it the first time? Did, did TNA do an all-women's pay-per-view? The NWA did an all-women's pay-per-view live, and it was filmed mm-hmm. uh, at the Chase Arena. So these are things that are kind of groundbreaking and earth-moving. But we did have uh, a, a pay-per-view which uh, caught a lot of buzz in the last few weeks with uh, some of the names announced for the show. Overall, I thought the Empower pay-per-view was great, and we'll get into details momentarily. DKM, what did you think about uh, the Empower pay-per-view, and what were your... Uh, what was your hopes leading up to it? Well, I had no hopes leading up to it. Because oh. I really didn't, I mean, you know, hope it would be good. <laughs> that was my hope. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was it was really good. It, it was the better of the two pay-per-views. Agreed. And, and uh, they did an awesome job with it, so... Whoever was, I, I have a couple of nitpicks that if we talk about the pay per views more in depth, I'll get to. But overall, whoever put it together did an excellent job. Mickey James gets a lot of the credit for being the executive producer, but that was still an NWA production. Kevin, what did you think about the show leading up to it? Well, before I get into that, I just want to uh, make reference to what should be a national holiday. Um, it being opening opening day for the Dallas Cowboys, uh, and they are airing on my TV right over here. So if you see uh, me looking off to the side, it's because I'm staying true and faithful. Um, but as far as the Empower pay per view, I told you guys it was going to be great. I told you guys I was excited about it, and I've, NWA absolutely delivered. And I would say it was probably. It was in their. Uh, it was in the upper echelon of their production that they've had uh, since I've been back watching the brand with you guys and reporting on the show. Uh, so I, I was really pleased with it. 
the, the seriousness with which the NWA takes their front over the last uh, month or so, and I really feel like I really feel like they're starting to prove me wrong, uh, which is what I want them to do anyways, right, Jay? I mean, this is part of what we want them to do is prove us wrong when we're critical or come back and, 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 and fix it. So I, I was really impressed with it. I, I loved it. Hats off, really, to everybody. Like DK said, there's some things that we can pick apart. But as a whole, uh, it was a good wrestling show. Women or not. Women, men, whoever. So the show, um, we're not going to discuss the pre-show mostly because I didn't have time to go back and re-watch it. Uh, and that goes for both shows. Um, but you can check out the uh, Empower pre-show and the 73rd pre-show on the NWA YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash the NWA. See, I give them plugs all the time. It'd be nice for them to plug this show every once in a while. The show kicks off uh, with a, a fitting tribute to Mildred Burke and the legacy of women's wrestling, as it were. And we get put right into a match, a triple threat match, uh, with representatives from AAA, AEW, and the National Wrestling Alliance. That's Chick Tormenta representing AAA, uh, D- Diam- Diamante representing AEW, and Kylie Ray representing the National Wrestling Alliance. Uh, the battle between the three of them often shifted to just uh, like the twosome. Like they did a good job of separating one of the competitors out of the ring so it wasn't so obnoxious with all the bodies in the ring and the, the action was kind of hard to contain it just seemed like it was all over all over the place the finish happens when diamante uh distracted the referee by throwing a chain into the ring kylie had tormenta in a double armbar submission tormenta is trying to tap uh, but uh, the referee doesn't see this because he's trying to get the chain out of the ring. And then uh, Diamante connects with an Inziguri on Kylie Ray and then hits a Canadian Destroyer on uh, Chick Tormenta for the 1 2 3. Uh, a real solid opening match, I thought. Uh, I know that you guys might not be happy with who won, but I felt like if, if you're going to put uh, an AEW person over, uh, you know, Diamante might have been the one to do it. Um, what, what were your thoughts, Kevin? What did you think of this match? I, I have to agree with you, you uh, 100%. I felt like it was a solid opening match. Uh, and I agreed that I wasn't happy with the outcome. Uh, but I was happy with the match. And again, I, it's just because I'm an NWA fan and I don't really watch enough AEW to know even who the who Diamante is or AAA. So, you know, I'm pulling for Kylie Ray. I, I think she's a good pretty good wrestler so I, I like the match though I felt like it was a pretty good three-way match and and as three-way matches goes it was it was perfectly fun what do you think DK uh this is probably my first and maybe biggest nitpick is I did not like that the NWA person didn't go on I mean, with the, being a three-way, there was a way for the there was a way for the AEW wrestler not to lose. So, I mean, it's, although the NWA wrestler didn't technically lose, it's like you know you're basically saying the other in this contest between three promotions, another promotion has the better wrestler. And I just didn't think that was a 
that was a good thing. Uh, as for the match itself, for a three-way, it was fine. I mean, they all got to showcase what brought them to the dance. So that brings us to uh, our first semi-final tech... I just saw a dog's butt on the camera. That's great. <laughs> uh, what? What? It, on the camera, and the I don't dog. know if you guys can see it on the on your viewing camera because we kind of block out some of the background. But uh, I can see I can see DK's dog looking out the window, and it's dog butthole was sitting there staring at me. The old dog brown oh, eye. Quality programming at its finest out here. Uh, sorry, so that caught me off guard. Apologize. Uh, the first, so we get the semifinal uh, women's tag team match. Now it's kind of interesting. They kept making a point to call it a semifinal and, and that sort of thing. But I mean, this is just there was three matches total. I, I don't know. If, I don't know if the formality of these uh, exaggerated names are necessary. It was the one of two matches to get to the finals so we get hell on heels which i think is a clever name taking on team hex uh and hell on heels is savannah seven with excuse me sahara seven uh and renee michelle taking on marty bell and allison k um this was very much a a a homecoming welcome for team hex as the crowd really was behind them throughout the entire match um Hell on Heels followed that formula of divide and conquer. They focused on Marty Bell, who ate all kinds of offense um, from both Seven and Michelle. Uh, the hot tag saw Allison K clean house, and Hex took out Renee Michelle with the exclamation point. A lot of puns there with the Hex name, but I thought that was a pretty good match. Um, I felt like they did a good job of you know showing off. Uh, uh, Sahara Seven and Renee Michelle. Um, I don't know if necessarily you needed to do that, considering so far it doesn't look like they make any more appearances for the NWA. But it was fun to see that match, and, uh, and I felt like it it had some le- uh, a legitimate uh, competition like feel. Um, DK, what were your thoughts on this one? This one didn't connect to me. It was of the entire show. This one kind of made me more. Uh, I don't know. I wasn't. I never got into it, and I didn't like that. I I didn't like that. Uh, the other team, not Hex, but Hell on Heels. Uh, Hell on Heels. I didn't like that they seem to have gotten in most of the offense. They were very dominant. In that in that match, yeah, and this will play a factor later for another issue I have, and uh, so anyway, I don't know. I can't say can't say it was bad. But I can say for me it wasn't it wasn't my thing. Well, as far as I'm concerned, I, I, I didn't I didn't not like it as much as DK didn't like it. But also, um, you guys made reference to a couple of things where you said, or DK kind of made reference to, you know, that not wanting the, wanting the NWA person to win. I, I understand that. I get it. Um, 
I also think there's a lot of I also know that there's a lot that goes into how these shows uh, you know get put together and sometimes you know there's there's a reason for the flow of the show the, the matches to go a certain way I also don't think when you have a good team life uh, that the I mean hey look I know there's politics involved in everything but I wasn't finished um, <laughs> but I think um you know, when when you're talking about a team like Hex, you know, when another team is dominant and you win, that shows that you beat somebody. And I think that is a, a common storyline uh, used in wrestling for babyfaces in general. Plus, again, it's like, you know, though they're not going to probably play a role in the show, there's no reason that they shouldn't look strong in the show uh, because... It makes your team that your you know your home team so to speak uh, look strong as well, so that they you know they beat somebody. And I think that was you know I think that's fine. And you know I I didn't have as much of an issue with it in that regards because there's a difference between looking strong and looking better. And I mean to me, if you were just watching the match overall. You know, let's drop all allegiances here. If you're watching the match overall, it comes more like, well, the better team didn't win. And so, I mean, that's that's where my issue comes in. And as I can see the politics that might be involved with the AEW girls, I mean, these girls aren't from any major promotion pushing any major thing. So it's one thing if it had been competitive, but it wasn't overly competitive. It was dominance by one team who in the end lost. So So the underdogs won. Yeah, but they weren't the underdogs going into this. Everybody was expecting them to win. Right. But again, it's like, like again, as I'm watching the great Dallas Cowboys right now, it's, it's a lot like a football game. Where you have a team going in as the favorite, um, and then the the team that's probably not the favorite goes out and kind of lays into them, but then you know they pull it out in the end. I, you know, I, I I didn't have much of a problem with that. I, I really didn't have a problem with the matchup at all. I thought uh, for the evening, I thought Marty Bell and uh, Allison Kay were probably probably arguably the best wrestlers uh, of the weekend. As Dak Prescott hits a 30-yard pass out of the end zone, it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> Any chance to, to talk about your Cowboys, huh? Um, You've been I, them all night. I just sent a text to Gary. Yes. I, certified Hustler in the chat just uh, mentioned that uh, that they announced another program last night that will be coming to the NWA. So I just texted Gary Horn and, and asked him to give me the lowdown, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but Certified Hustler, I see what you're saying. But I, I want to make sure that I, uh, I'm i only reporting stuff that's factual. So we'll go on to the next thing. And that was the next of the semifinal matches. That's the Free Babes, which was a team that was, uh, again, kind of a makeshift deal. But they worked really well together, like surprisingly well. Like I was kind of happy with that team. And I would really like to see more of them in the NWA. And I'm talking about Miranda Gordy with Jazzy Yang Wang, who is the daughter of uh, Jimmy Wang Yang. And uh, they were led to the ring by Hollywood Haley J, 
who is a second generation wrestler in her own right. They took on the tag team uh, from AEW, Red Velvet and Killian King. And I really thought that uh, Killian King and Red Velvet worked very well together as a tag team. I really kind of enjoyed this match, like more than I thought I would because I, I was very unfamiliar with uh, both Killian King and Red Velvet. And, uh, you know, all three were all, I guess, all five of these ladies I wasn't super familiar with, but they really kind of put together a fun match that was dominated by a lot of power for power between Miranda and Killian King. Um, they played up the family lineage quite a bit. Uh, and and um, I can't even read my notes here. Not entirely sure why the Free Babes were booked as heels in this match. Uh, Haley J kept interference to a minimum, which allowed the match to play out. Um, Killian King showed a lot of power, uh, and Miranda matched it. Uh, Yang had King on her shoulders. Miranda looked to run uh, to the ropes. King was able to free herself, uh, causing Gordy and Yang to bump heads, which this was the finish of the match. King hits the uh, Kingdom Falls for the victory, one, two, three, and that's it. Match over. Uh, Red Velvet, Killian King move on to the next round. Kev, what did you think of this one? Um, I was I was really impressed with Red Velvet and Killian King uh, for so many different reasons. Uh, Red Velvet is very crisp, very uh, good at execution. Um, and, you know, in some cases that's natural. Uh, some cases that's something you work on, and in some cases it's a little bit of both. Um, that would be something, and again, I, I by no means am comparing her to Jazz right now, but that's something that I remember about Jazz was that, you know, she had a natural ability to make stuff look really good, but then she worked on making it look better. Um, so I don't know which it is with Red Velvet, if it's a little bit of both, but I was really impressed with just with her just overall technical ability. Uh, she had a good look, and for a smaller wrestler, a lot of her stuff was believable. And then, Kate, is it Kayleen King? Is that right? Kayleen. Kayleen. Kayleen, okay. Kayleen, yeah, she was she was very impressive uh, on every level. Uh, her look, her execution, um, just as a whole. Uh, I, I, if I'm AEW, I'm trying my hardest to hold on to this girl because she's, uh, she's a serious talent. And uh, I felt like the, the Free Babes definitely were interesting. They were entertaining. But I also think the better team won there because I think the other the the AEW team was the better team uh, in this match. They were just, you know, I would say a little further to, a fur, little further along in their development. And uh, but I do think that the Free Babes show a lot of promise, and I really like the dynamic that they bring in terms of just their entertainment value. Uh, Chris, Chris in the chat says that uh, Red Velvet is one of Cody's uh, protégés, so uh, oh. I guess that means she might have trained at the Nightmare Factory. DK, what were your thoughts on this match? I know going into it, you were really excited about the Free Babes. Outside of the fact that uh, Hogan and uh, Killian, Kylie, and what did that uh, not, not Hogan, uh, Red Velvet. Velvet, excuse me. I'm drinking too much. Again? Of course, it's all water. That's why I can't figure out. <laughs> uh, yeah, Velvet, Velvet, and uh, 
velvet and kill me. Outside of the fact that they were more polished, I'll agree with that, but I basically think Kevin's got it 100% backwards. I think the wrong team won. I think the better team were three bags. And I'm not into getting into a large debate about it, but I know I know why the AEW girls won. But, you know, I did not find them to be the better team. Which is fair. I mean, that's that's fair. Um, again, wrestling is so subjective. So you always, I, I always say that, like, you, there is no wrong answer. If you like a wrestler, it's all based on what your opinion is. You know, what makes a good wrestler? What kind of wrestling do you like? It all trickles down to, you know, to being subjective. It's an art form. So it's kind of hard to say one person's wrong or one person's right. Um, the next match. I'm right, Kevin's wrong. Well, I, I also think, like, when you go in with a team that's kind of your favorite already, you're, you know, giving them rolls colored glasses. So that's probably a little bit of it. That could be, but I'm also kind of brutally honest. And, you know, I will acknowledge that it was obvious that it was the first time they teamed. But just overall, I I thought they performed, I thought they performed better. I mean, gosh, honest truth. Yes. Certified hustler. Yeah, he said they stole the show. He was there in St. Louis, so... I mean, I, I, I take that opinion as face value because he was literally there. He could read the uh, crowd reaction, and that's something sometimes the cameras don't pick up is the actual... Oh, they were over. They, they were over, for sure. <laughs> they were definitely over. I'll give them that for sure. And that brings us to something else that's over, which is Deanna Perrazzo, your knockouts champion. The more I see of this chick, I mean, I'm, I'm really starting to buy into the hype on Deanna Perrazzo. One of the things that I always thought she was lacking was the confidence in her promos, but even that's starting to get better. I've seen a few snippets from her impact. I saw a few snippets from her down in Mexico. And she's growing on me uh, something fierce. And her match with Melina was way better than I would have anticipated. And that's a lot to do with Melina stepping up her game, putting on her, her big girl pants, and putting on a hell of a show. Um, this was a very calculated match for Perrazzo. Uh The champ champ picked apart Molina like if it was like if her last name was an Anderson. Uh, obviously, the injured ACL became a focal point for uh, for the match. Molina's knee went out on her during the match, and then that was during like a mid rope run. If you guys remember, it would limit Molina's performance going on the rest of the match. Deanna forced Melina to tap out to the half crab after she transitioned from a double arm bar. I just really got lost in uh, Deanna's mat work. I mean, she was really just on it. I really liked this match, and, and, and Melina was that baby face in peril through most of the match. I kind of thought she would come back and, and, and mount a little bit more offense, but she did get some offense in the match. I thought it was pretty good. DKM, what were your thoughts going into this one? thought it was probably the second best match on the show. Uh, still not the biggest uh, fan of Deanna. Uh, I felt like Melina probably carried more of the match. Uh, it was good. I mean, I enjoyed it. I got into it. 
Kevin? Uh, I, I'm, I'm not as big of a fan of Perazzo either. Um, just, uh, she's got a little bit of, uh, got a little bit of a case of the lazies in the ring, um, in terms of just her, in the way that she executes, especially if you match her up against, uh, some of the other wrestlers on this show. Um, and I could name like five or six right off the bat. That, don't that, that don't say Chelsea Green, cause I'm going to call a BS on that one. Chelsea Green, Definitely. Did you see her throwing um, punches in the in the battle royal? They weren't even connecting. She was doing this. It was like the uh, it was like the uh, controversy with AEW and the Dark Order all over again. I I nearly spit out my drink. I was like, she's not even connecting on those punches. Well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna judge Chelsea Green on one one part of part of a match that she didn't do well. The rest of it, she did exceptionally well. But I would say I would say it's not that I, I think there's a little bit of hype, a little bit overhyped with Peraza. I'm not saying she's bad, um, and I'm I'm certainly not going to say this was my second favorite match of the night. But it wasn't a bad match at all, and I'm also not I'm just not a big fan as just a wrestling fan of uh, working the leg and someone limping around and all. I'm just it's just so played out for me, uh, and the overselling it just played out for me. I, I'm just not a fan of it. Um, so I think that might have been what hampered, like hindered my my enjoyment of the match a little bit. But as a whole, it was a good match. I mean, it was a good it was a good wrestling match. And we spoke about this with Melina uh, on the show where we talked about what what you know the pre-show, I guess our pre our pre-show or whatnot. That she if she steps up, she's really good. When she mails it in, she's really bad. And so I think this match, she stepped it up. Um, and I actually agree with DK. I felt like she carried the match a little bit in this. Um, DK was right for once. Uh, but I would say, you know... I, I, Kevin's I right to agree like, with me for once. I, I don't want to labor the... I don't want to labor the point too much, labor on it too much. Nor nor am I, nor do I actually, you know, think that... Um, Perazzo is bad just because I, I think she's overhyped. That, that's, I don't want it to come as that. It's just uh, I, I I have high expectations for her because I know she can be or could be way better than she is. So there's there's my spot. Well, here's my dad's glasses, and I want to give them to either one of you to wear because I don't see what you guys are seeing. Hey Jay, you're entitled to be as well as Kevin. Absolutely fair. That brings us to the end. I, I mean, I'll say this. I, I'll say this, kind of with what Kevin was saying. I'm not saying Prado's bad. I'm just saying I don't think that she's as good as a lot of people claim. And I think the match being as good as it was was probably more Molina than it was Praza. If you, if you say so. <laughs> I don't know. I guess we were watching different matches. Um, well, I mean, I think it would be yeah, a, you're, a good time to... I would think it would be a good time to stop down and maybe ask Jay what 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 you liked about the match and why you liked it so much. Instead of just saying it's a good match, what did you like about it? Maybe you can help us see what you're seeing. So, okay, so what I liked about it was the execution. I liked how she was approaching the match. Um, you know, she, she definitely was working on, 
immobilizing her opponent. And that's something that, like, when I grew up watching wrestling, that's something that Arn Anderson, uh, Tolly Blanchard, that's something that they were famous for, is always kind of going with those uh, uh, those moves that kind of wear down your opponent. So she was working over the arm. She's working over the leg. Um, and then when she needed to, she could pull out, like, a, a power move or a high-intensity move. There was a lot to it, but I, I felt like she was just really good. The execution I thought was good. Uh, it felt like she was wrestling with a game plan. Remember, we all have to suspend reality to say, okay, this is real. This is really happening. This fight is really happening. And how they go about telling that story has to be inclusive of, can I believe what I'm seeing? And the fact that she was picking apart uh, Melina the way that she was just made it better for me. I can respect that. I mean, and I'll agree with you, which will kind of disagree with Kevin, but I was okay with the, the you know, picking the leg, picking the arm, whatever, and working it over. I mean, that is kind of what wrestling is about. I just want to let Certified Hustler know that I got a response from our good friend Gary Horn on the text message, and no, he didn't say that they would be announcing a secondary show. I think the hopes are is that they do return to the chase on a sem- somewhat regular basis, but they had any uh, announcement of a show would be followed by all kinds of social media. Uh, bragging and, and not so much bragging, but announcing and, and celebrating uh, such a move. That hasn't happened yet. Certified Hustler, I hope it does. It's something we've been talking about on this show for a while now that would be interesting. But no, that, that match, that hasn't been announced. That another additional show hasn't been announced. Um, okay, so that brings us back to the NWA Women's Tag Team Match, which featured, this is the finals now, and, and Dave Scooby helped me out with my enunciation, enunciation of Killian King. Did I get it right? I sure, I sure hope I did because I'd feel bad if I didn't. Um, he said, oh, excuse me, Kylan King. Excuse me, Kylan King. Just want to make sure I'm on it. Um, Kylan King teaming with Red Velvet against Team Hex. against That's like Team AEW versus Team NWA. Uh, the bout was pretty back and forth with this one. Um, King and uh, K being the power members on this, and then Marty and Velvet kind of being um, the more high-flying of the two. Finesse. There you go, finesse. Thank you. Uh, at one point, Red Velvet um, uh, took... Uh, let me try to read my notes, notes again. AK used Velvet, Red Velvet, to knock down King... And then finished off Velvet with an assisted version of the AK-47 and a Mafia kick from Marty Bell. And that was what ended the match and got them the 1-2-3. I I thought this was a pretty good match. It showcased both tag teams. I think uh, Team Hex was the team that was always going to win this. So they got a really good victory over uh, a very solid uh, Kylan King and uh, Red Velvet. So I I thought it was good. Kev, what were your thoughts? I, I thought this was the best match of the whole weekend, frankly. Um, it, it was it was probably 
it was probably the match that I could say you could you could measure this match against actual like matches around the wrestling world for the week uh, or for the weekend and say and argue that this was match of, of the weekend um, is it match of the year I don't think so but you know I again going in not really knowing everybody's finishing maneuvers um, you know talking about suspending disbelief not in terms of whether wrestling's real or not I think I think I think maybe that suspended disbelief might be a little a little bit uh, over overplayed. But I think the of how the match is going to end, uh, when it's going to end, I think that is probably today's most intriguing uh, element of, of a match, at least for me it is. And so I felt like they had me kind of on the edge of my seat of like, when's this going to end and how's it going to end? And I think that actually played along to what Jace, what you said, Jay, when you said that oh well you know it's a pretty much a foregone conclusion and I we kind of all probably agree with that but I think the way they ended it wasn't a foregone conclusion and I think they did really good uh, kind of baiting us along with that and I felt like there was just a lot of effort put into the match and with with the because when we talk about execution you know I felt like the match with Molina and Barrazzo was a pretty simple match put together I felt like this match had a lot of moving parts and I felt like that though it wasn't ex- executed with absolute, like, flawlessly, I felt like with all the moving parts they had in the match, they they executed really, really well. And uh, it just looked like a big league match. It had a big match feel, and, and at the end, we're watching history. What, what were your thoughts, Mr. Devin Mercer? That was a good I match. Mean, uh... Yeah, it was the best match of the weekend. Uh, I never doubted who was going to win. I mean, nothing overly surprised me about the match. But I got into it, you know. It was fun. It was entertaining. Watching them go back and forth. And... uh, it was actually a little more balanced than the first match that Hex had. And, uh, you know, props to all four of them. They did what they set out to do, and uh, it, was a, it was the top match. Plain and simple. Nothing uh, I want to add... Oh, go ahead, DK. Sorry. No, well, I'm done. So I was just going to add that that actually is, is one of the hardest things to do is when you're expected to be the best match of the of the night. I don't necessarily know if they were expected to be the best match of the weekend, but when, when everybody kind of already thinks it's going to be the best match, to actually go out there and deliver is actually way harder than you might think. Uh, just because when expectations are higher, um, you have a tendency to try to do too much at times, which can cause a match to kind of to get muddled with too much stuff. And we all, we, I think we all agree that matches with too much stuff just kind of has you just like glazed over like, okay, this is just ridiculous. 
So I think I think that the fact that they did as well as they did with everyone kind of knowing the outcome of the match most likely and with the fact that there were such high expectations, I think that's what I enjoyed the most of the match is seeing them answer the call. So uh, that was just a little add, a little two, little two cents there. And that takes us to the Women's World Championship match, the Burke, where I thought it was kind of cool. Like, I try not to get too marked out about things these days, but I think it was really cool that Corgan was able to secure the original Burke Championship belt, and the fact that they uh, displayed it before the match I thought was kind of a nice touch, kind of cool. And, and you can even see it in the ring, like Camille kind of was like, wow, that's, you know, that's the belt right there. And, and you could even see legit Layla when they showed her the belt. She's like, wow, that's pretty cool. You can read her lips. Um, and so I, I really felt like this had a big match fight feel. And I guess now is an appropriate time to say that I was wrong. Because I really didn't have high hopes for this match. I didn't think much of Layla Hirsch. That chick changed my mind. She went out there and wrestled her ass off. And she looked really good. And she made Camille wrestle a different kind of match. And although she still looks like a little person to me, especially compared to Camille, she really went out there and busted her butt. And and I was really impressed. Uh, the, cat, the match kicked off with Layla looking to immobilize Camille, specifically working arm bars, um, and, but uh, legit Layla's finesse was squandered and squashed by Camille who just overpowered her and a lot of times like one time in particular that I kind of popped for is she had Camille in that arm bar on the outside and Camille just smashed her into the ring steps I thought that was a great spot and I popped for that one uh, uh, Camille catches Layla uh, in a dive flops her to her stomach and crushes her with a spear to get the one two three and I think the Cowboys just might have scored. Woo! 7-7 in Grand Tampa Bay. Come on. All right. Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. My boy, Dak. No, you're not. You're not sorry at all. Listen, Dak Prescott's ankle was dangling. I mean, just turned in a completely different direction. And he just went out there and threw his first touchdown pass back. Big props to him, guys. I don't know if you – I've had a broken ankle before. And I've never seen an ankle injury quite like he had. So props to him for coming back because, I, uh, man. Anyway. Focus, anyway, Kevin. We're talking right, about the Burke. Right, I was right worried Lamb was going to have an ankle injury off of that. But, yeah. <laughs> right. He did well, good. Uh, since, I'm, since I'm talking, I'll, I'll talk about the match. Um, I, I, I kind of want to say I told you so on this match, that it was going to be good and that it was going to be better than we thought. Um, and also to, to kind of go back around and say that I feel like all the pressure in this match was on Layla Hirsch to, to go out there and deliver. And I think she really did deliver. And I really think she moved up a few notches on a lot of people's list oh, of, for sure. of uh, top women wrestlers out there. But the other side of it is that I don't think Camille wins that match just because she's an NWA girl and she's NWA champ and it's an NWA show. Camille is still better than Layla Hirsch. I'm just telling you. And just because maybe her work rate, so to speak, isn't 
the same. That's that's the nature of the beast. When you're a huge, athletic, strong, like overpowering force in the ring, you don't have to be a big work rate person. You have to be good enough um, to do the job. And work smaller wrestlers like myself, we know we have to work harder than everybody else because that's just part of what what you have to do to kind of put yourself on the map and and um, you know prove yourself every single time you go out there. That's just part of it. If you don't like it, go somewhere. You know, go somewhere else. Because if you watch a little guy like Rey Mysterio, even today at how 50 years old or whatever he is, 45 or 50, whatever, he still goes out there like he's got to prove himself every night. And so I think that's just part of the deal. And I thought this was a really good match. I, I, I've gone back and forth on whether I think it was the second best match of the night. And I think over this weekend, Camille really solidified herself um, as one of the top women's champions in wrestling today because she had a really good weekend as far as I'm concerned. And then, DK, what, what were your thoughts? I mean, this this was the, the championship match for the Burke, so it had to be good. What did you think about it? Uh, I mean, overall, it was good, man. I, I don't agree with either one of you that it was better than expected. Hmm. Uh, it was about exactly what I expected. Hurst got a little more offense than I cared for. I don't know. Okay. Glad Camille won. <laughs> Glad Camille won, but that's about the end of it. And, uh, again, you know, DK, you're entitled to your opinion, but this is the time I think uh, I-, I was really, really surprised with this match. So I- I'm going to just say, hey, I thought it was a very good match. It wasn't the best match on the card, but it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. So I'll just leave it at that. That brings us to the women's... Maybe inter- you guys had lower expectations of the match. I mean, like, I wasn't thinking the match was ever going to be bad I just didn't think it was going to be that good ultimately I still didn't think it was that good (laughs) yeah I mean I guess I didn't think it was going to be bad but it was still a lot better than I had anticipated if that makes sense you know what I mean like I didn't think it was going to be the worst match on the show but uh, legit Layla came out there and and really like Kevin said she should go up a few notches on, on whoever's you know, in charge of AEW booking because she went out there and really kind of she proved a point that she kind of belongs in that main event. Now, I'm not going to put her over Thunder Rosa. I'm not going to put her over, you know, Kushida uh, or, or anybody else on the AEW women's roster. But I'm just going to say that she really carried her own in a match with uh, Camila, who we're all sold on as, as a pretty solid performer. So that's where I'm kind of, I was surprised. I didn't know that's what we were getting out of Layla Hirsch, and I was happy that that's what we got. So that takes us to the Women's Invitational. Um, and this was a 10 women's uh, Royal Rumble-esque type uh, match where uh, two combatants started the show, and then every few minutes another combatant was introduced the only way to win was not through over the top rope like we're used to, but a pinfall or submission was the only way to eliminate your opponent. So we start off with first Chelsea Green. I'm just going to list the competitors that were in it. Chelsea Green, followed by Kira Hogan, 
then uh, Bianca Corelli, Thunder Kitty, Genocide, Lady Frost, Debbie Malenko, Jamie Senegal, Masha Slamovich, uh, and then Tootie Lynn Ramsey. Um, and then in, in the order that they were eliminated, well, not necessarily order that they were eliminated, but who they were eliminated by, uh, Kira Hogan was eliminated by Masha Slamovich. Bianca Corelli was eliminated by Genocide. Thunder Kitty was eliminated by Genocide. Uh, Genocide was eliminated by uh, Jamie Senegal. Lady Frost was submitted by Debbie Malenko in a very interesting uh, elimination. Um, well, excuse me, not not that one, but Kira Hogan eliminating Debbie Malenko was very interesting. I had, had never seen that before. Uh, Masha Slamovich pinned Jamie Senegal. Tootie Lynn Ramsey pinned Mas Masha Slamovich. And, of course, Chelsea Green pinned Tootie Lynn to win the Rumble, the Women's Invitational. So I thought this was a, a very interesting match. I know Kevin had some uh, different ideas about uh, Debbie Malenko, which I'll defend here momentarily. But I would like to hear what you thought about the match, DKM, before Kevin and I come to a verbal jousting. <laughs> Uh, it was a good match you got to use the restroom on. Oh. Uh, I hate these type of matches. I don't like the Royal Rumble. I don't like, I don't like these gimmicky things. Uh, I certainly didn't like Thunder Kitty. Uh, she lasted way too long. She should have been one of those 30 second people. Uh, Slamovich probably... The, was the only one that like impressed me as in like I didn't know who she was but I liked what I liked what she did in the ring uh, I did I still feel like they misused Lady Frost I think this is another example of it yeah went outside with you know on the smart thing but then once she got inside she didn't last very long at all I don't know, the right person won overall because I wanted to see Camille versus Chelsea Green. So that's about the only good thing I can say about it. I can already tell you that on the breakdown with uh, uh, Miss Malenko, I'm going to be siding closer with Jay than I am with Kathy. <laughs> so I'll... Uh, I'll let the two of you fight it out. Well, Kev, before we get into Debbie Malenko specifically, what did you think of the, the women's uh, imitational? What did you think of the talent? Who was your favorite? And uh, what did you uh, what did you dislike about it? I, I thought it had some really high, some good, some highlights. And I thought it had some definite lowlights. So it was a very, it just, it had a lot of good things and then it had a lot of really bad things. And uh, in, in, in moments, it felt like I was watching big league wrestling. In other moments, I felt like I was watching like those those matches, those wrestling shows I did right when I started my career in front of thirty people. And you know, you're you you, you just didn't realize how awful what we were doing was. Um, you know, like I, I can actually go back and watch some of those things on video, and and maybe that was better than some of the stuff I saw in this match. Wow. So, um, no, I mean honestly, but then there were moments where I thought it was really good. Um, 
I'm with DK Slamovich absolutely put herself on my radar. Yep. Because I thought she was fantastic. Uh, Chelsea Green, obviously, just aside from her rabbit punches that, that you didn't like, uh, really didn't do anything wrong um, all weekend. Uh, I liked a lot. I, I just liked a lot of the match. I don't. I wasn't a big fan of Tootie Lynn in the in the down coming down to the wire. Um, it's fine getting a hometown hero pop, and it's fine giving her a, eliminate a couple people, but she was not on the level of the final the girls that should have been in that final four. A uh, huge disappointment in how they did Lady Frost. Uh, y'all, Lady Frost was in ridiculous condition. I mean, I want to say she dropped I don't know, I can't I'm going to estimate, but she dropped a good amount of body fat to for this match. And she just looked outstanding. And I know Jay, you're a big fan of Lady Frost. And I I mean, I just thought, man, she really stepped up her game. She looked really good and I just thought she kind of got the short end of the stick on this whole thing. I felt the same thing about Genocide who I thought, you know, her size um, and her ability, you know, I just think, I think your final four, you know, really should have been Lady Frost, Genocide, Chelsea Green, and, and Slamovich. Uh, obviously, I didn't get that. Um, and I've even, for, I, I've even forgotten what I said about Debbie Malenko at this point, uh, but I just thought she didn't belong in the match. I felt like she just wasn't just wasn't impressive at all um, and I did I felt the same way about I put her in the same category as Thunder Kitty, Thunder Kitty who what in the world man like what I, it, no offense to him but I just don't know why those two were out there um, because they just you know maybe put them out there in an old ladies legends match or something but <laughs> putting them out there in a match where we're supposed to think that, that those one of those two is going to be fighting for the NWA world Women's championship is is a farce to me. Um, no offense, like I said, I'm not trying to offend anybody, but I just was not impressed uh, with them. So let's let's first go to Lady Frost because um, aside from the camera operator being stuck, the hard cam going down, whatever happened during the live broadcast, it was very odd that the camera was just fixated on Lady Frost for a good what seven minutes, maybe longer. Now, I'm not saying that's the worst thing in the world to do because you're right. She's She is a rock star. She's a superstar. She To me, I think she gets called up to the next level before any other woman on the roster right now. Um, I am that big of a fan of Lady Frost. I think she's got the complete package. I would have liked to see her in the finals. I also think uh, Genocide deserved to be in the finals as well, but at least they gave her the opportunity to eliminate a few, uh, few bodies from the match. And it took Jamie Senegal, along with two other women, on top of Jamie Senegal, to uh, eliminate genocide. So they kind of... Sorry, Jay, I'm going to interrupt on this. While I'm smashing on people, Jamie Senegal was... uh, Why? I don't even understand. Just why? That was... There was some... That was embarrassing. There were some embarrassing moments. Just Senegal was one of them. Carry on. You know, I had heard a lot of good things about her. I didn't really think that she was as good as advertised. Um, but uh, but again, getting back to Lady Frost and, and Genocide, both of them I thought deserved to be in the finals. Both of them I thought uh, 
should have had better. Now, having Lady Frost tap out to uh, a student of Carl Gotch, a student of Dean Malenko, a student of Boris Malenko, a student of Joe Malenko, I didn't think was all that bad. Um, with the idea that Debbie Malenko is a talented wrestler who, you know, her best days are behind her for sure. She hadn't been in an actual uh, professional match on a regular basis since the uh, 1993. She came out there. She threw a few judo throws. Uh, she did a few uh, uh, cross, excuse me, um, STFs, step over to old cross face. Um, I thought she looked fine in the match. She got uh, Lady Frost to tap out. I thought that was good. Um, obviously, she wasn't in the condition to be in there for the whole thing. Um, she ends up getting pinned by Kira Hogan. I thought that was creative. I thought that was interesting. Um, I don't know why Kira Hogan was there for the end of it, just uh, other than to have that name value in the final four, but I think that spot would have been better suited for, again, Lady Frost or Genocide. Um, I was cool with Tootie Lynn Ramsley being in the final because, again, she's she's a representative of that era uh, area. She's a representative of St. Louis. So I know they wanted to push that up and, and build that. Um, but at the end of the day, Chelsea Green won. I think that was the right decision as well. It gave us a, a really good match the following day. And that draws the end of Empower. Um, yeah, we skipped over the whole... Um, uh, Gail Kim and Awesome Kong bit. You know, honestly, one of my the least favorite things about this relationship that the NWA and Impact have now is that we're getting historical like moments from Impact, and NWA fans are supposed to care about it. It's wasted on me. I'm not an Impact fan. I don't watch Impact, so I don't care that Awesome Kong and Gail Kim spent all this time feuding with each other, and now they're both calling it quits from the in-ring competition. That that was wasted on me, and I think that would have been more appropriate for an Impact audience. Um, did you guys have anything else you wanted to add about the Empower pay-per-view? Yeah, I second what you said about the Gail Kim part. Like, no disrespect or anything like that. Just... Yeah, you're right. It felt a little bit quagmire in that show because it's not like they've ever been on uh, NWA TV not one time. And just to have them go out there and take up that much of a segment uh, was 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 a bit of a was a bit of a bit of a head scratcher. And, and actually, too, while you talked about Kira Hogan, another wrestler, I really felt like if you got her there, she was very underutilized. Uh, on this show, I felt like she could have been utilized a lot better. Again, when you have really good talent, which they actually had a lot of good talent in this match, uh, you spend the majority of your time, your TV time, focused on that talent, and there were just a lot of head scratching moments in the way it was booked. Um, but I think the 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 abundance of overall talent is what made me enjoy the the match. I actually enjoyed it. DK, do you have any closing and thoughts? In the paper. I mean, closing. I mean, I'm not. Uh, Gail Kong was fine with me. I don't really want to spend any time on it. It was what it was. Uh, the overall pay per view, I think, I mean, it was just impressive. It was good. 
I think it had quality of matches that would rival any of the major promotions and probably better than anything that AEW would put out in the women's division right now. So, you know, good job, props tell. Thanks again for tuning in to the Alliance Blog Podcast, our presentation of Alliance-Wrestling.com. We genuinely appreciate your support. Would you consider subscribing so you won't miss any future episodes? We'd also like to remind you that we do a live stream every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on YouTube at the Alliance Blog. And you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, TikTok, and Twitch at the Alliance Blog. Remember... Absorb what is useful, reject what is useless, add what is essentially your own. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next time.